Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to What If You Just Imagined, the show that keeps your imagination and dreams soaring. He's a radio talk show host, author of the popular book, A Pocketful of Prayers, A Heartful of Hope, and a faith-based intuitive. For over 20 years, Mary has shared her intuitive, angelic guidance with clients from all over the world and from all walks of life. Mary's clients have called her the soul whisperer, as she has the gift to ignite passion and create results from hearing the voice within their soul. Mary's goal is simple, to make your life better than it was the day before. Mary is the founder of Global Healing Solutions. Hello, and welcome to What If You Just Imagine, and I hope everyone enjoyed a a safe and happy Thanksgiving day. I am pleased to once again have Susan Brown as our guest today, and we are talking about community gardens and how they feed the soul. So I hope you'll sit back, have a favorite beverage, and join us. Uh, Susan, I want to welcome you first, and then I want to do a little bit of opening statement. But how are you, and I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Oh, I'm doing well, and thank you for inviting me back again, Mary. This is such a pleasure and such such an honor, and I feel so humbled to to be a part of this little mission that uh, you've got going here. So thank you. I did have a lovely You're quite welcome. I know community gardens are very uh, special to your heart, and I wanted to, to read something from my friend, uh, Dorothy, she owns a she owns she runs a food pantry in New Jersey, and I was so taken back uh, in a, such a good way of what she does. And I wanted to read a little bit about her mission because this mission um, resonates in my heart, and I know your heart. It's called Bentley Community Services, and they're dedicated to help and provide for working families in New Jersey region of communities who are struggling financially, having difficulty making ends meet. Many working families are in financial crisis in food insecure households as they simply cannot afford the cost of healthy, nutritious, and wholesome foods to feed their family. Bentley provides support and encouragement in a culture and environment of accountability and self-help to place families on the path to financial stability and security. Bentley Food Pantry creates access to a wide range of fresh, healthy foods, facilitating healthy diets and nutrition, creating an opportunity for struggling families to have their needs supplied and offset during a setback from unexpected situations. Bentley Services Food Pantry provides an alternative to area food banks and pantries for struggling families who do not receive assistance and, although employed, are not reaching financial sovereignty due to circumstances. This this next paragraph is, is our heart, Susan. This is who we are, and this is what our discussion today, I'm sure, will entail. Their community mission is the work of Bentley in this program is more about people, 90% about people and 10% is about food. This program is more about sharing. Inside, we share with one another high-quality, diverse foods, educational classes, experiences, listening ears, helping hands, 
and develop kinships as we get to know one another, assist each other, and bear each other burdens. Extending out into our community, we share not only products, but hopefully a sense of joy, thankfulness, and belonging. We gratefully accept what is given to us as an organization and endeavor to enhance, help, and encourage others in the good work they do also. Through all this, we encompass community and service. That part to me, Susan, speaks to our our show today about feeding the soul, helping hands, develop kinship as we get to know one another, and assist each other and bear each other's burdens. So this is quite the organization. Uh, Dorothy Stearns has set out to do something that most uh, food pantries and even some community gardens have lost sight of. She feeds the soul. And she, and she encourages the people to get their own financial solvency back. They actually have to go there and participate with their family, Susan. When they do the gardening, they have their own gardens. Uh-huh. They help to pick the food, grow the food. They must take classes on debt uh, consolidation. They learn how to do a resume. She do, does all these uh, educational classes. And if they do not participate, they're out of the program. And the program is only for two years because she has said often, I'm not about giving out uh, a helping uh, hand. I'm here to help people rise up and become that helping hand. So it makes sense to me, and this is what we're talking about. I know this is what you're doing and aspiring to do at some point in a more organized manner, but tell us about what you are doing in community and how your own community garden is up ready and doing its work. Wow, Mary, you know that that, that Dorothy, she's just amazing. God bless her. You know, it's what she's doing, she's not giving a handout, she's giving a hand up. And she's giving them that's the resources that says. they need. Absolutely. Yep. That's yeah. She's giving them the, the resources that they need and and, and and getting them to where they need to be in this life. One of the things that I, that's what I'm trying to to get a point to. I'm trying to reach out to see what my community uh, where they're at, so I can meet them where they're at. And 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 what I'm doing is trying to figure out, you know, what are your needs? Do you, do you need a job? Some of my, a lot of my folks already are working and they're working full time, but they're just struggling because they're not making enough money to make ends meet. So if my, what I give them just helps them, you know, put a little extra something on their table that's healthy and nutritious, I think that that, you know, I'm doing my job. And as far as something that's nutritious, that's very important because if you're not eating healthy, you become depressed. You, you know as well as I do what sugar can do to a body. You know, it causes cancer. It causes depression. Um, so we need to educate people on eating healthy because that's also being part of, you know, feeding the soul. You're trying to, you know, get them in a good place mentally uh, where they need to be because that, that's, that's so vital for them to to get back up where they need, where, where they're trying to rise to, you know, to have a better life. And uh, I think that, that that speaks volumes for what Dorothy's trying to do. Um, my my garden actually fed five different families throughout the summer. And uh, 
I had a, a gentleman, you know, just take my hand, and during COVID, no less, uh, he took my hand and he started crying. He said, "Will you pray for me? Because I'm really trying to, I'm really trying to get things together, and it's just not coming together, Mary." Wow, I know uh, the term "working poor." I think is what you. Uh, just uh, was talking about those who are unable to receive traditional assistance are the most underserved population in America. And they, Susan, they fall through the cracks of a system that helps the destitute, welfare, and very at risk, but offer no assistance to those who are employed. You know, these people are employed, but they're still tr- struggling daily to make ends meet, living paycheck to paycheck. Their working families or individuals, and especially the senior citizens, are struggling due to a variety of circumstances and situations, and sometimes that's health-related. They have to decide, do I get my medication, do I have money to pay my co-pays, or do I buy food that's nutritious, that will help keep me healthy, but they don't have the money for it. Community gardens, to me is a way of bringing community and people together. What are your next projects when it comes to your community garden? Who are you looking to involve, and how can people get um, in touch with you? At the end of the show, we'll give you, if you want, your your email contact information. How are you looking to make this a bigger uh, mission there in Maryland? Right. What I'm I'm looking to do is right now she is – She's uh, she's 15 by 30 uh, for size, and I'm hoping to uh, make that a little bit bigger. I will be adding more raised beds, and I will be looking for, you know, if youth want to come and help plant, help come weed, and I can teach them about planting and, you know, choosing the right fruits and vegetables to, to grow, you know, for our area. So I'll be, you know, I'll be looking for that. Uh, I do have a neighbor that's going to help me with some of the cutting of the wood uh, and adding the, the beds. But, you know, if anybody wants to come and, you know, you know, bring some seeds, maybe there's something they want to grow. They're more than welcome to, you know, bring some seeds and plant them. I'll show them how to grow, uh, to grow them and how to take care of them, when to harvest them, because that's key, especially if you, you know, you, you get your cucumbers too soon, you get a little bitter taste, and that's not fun. Uh, so I'll be, you know, anybody that wants to come join me as, you know, as I start making the gardens bigger, if they want to learn how to do this themselves, I would love to show people how to grow in their own backyard. I have a lady that I'm talking to right now. She has asked me to help her come in the spring uh, as she is going to start growing her own vegetables so that she can provide for her family. She has um, uh, degenerative arthritis and she's not doing well but she thinks that that will be very good for her soul uh, for her mental psyche to be out there working in the sun working you know just doing something that she can learn how to take care of herself she really feels that that's really going to help her and her family uh, get through the, the things that they they need to get through in the next year and she wants to learn how to to freeze things and to can things so we'll be looking at that you know so that she can continue having food throughout the winter you know, that's wonderful because when you get your hands in the soil, so to speak, you're really tilling the soil of your own soul because you get uh, a project, you get involved in something outside of yourself, that alleviates a lot of depression. So when the soul speaks to you and says, you know, 
make your life better. Try to change things. And we look for what is that. Once the food is, is ready, Susan, where do you distribute it to? Are you working with a local church? Is that something people should look to? Or are you giving the food to a local food bank? How can people, once they grow this uh, this food, where can they go to help feed the, the people? Well, they can check with their church, but there are a lot of local food banks that are looking for fruit, uh, fruits and vegetables so that they can give that out to the community. They're also looking for donations. Uh, just a couple of weekends ago, my church did a food drive with the Epicenter, and we served over 204 households, but over 700 people. So imagine 200 houses with 700 over 700 people in them. So you're you're talking a, a huge community here in dire need. So you know, even if you just contribute money to a food bank so they can go and buy like canned goods, that's very vital to you know to them to have that contribution. But I do you know I do recommend that if you're gonna if you want to grow vegetables, you have an abundance and you want to share it. I actually this year I knocked on doors. I, I saw people, and I'm an observer, so I watch, I'm a people watcher. So when I see that what I, what I feel is somebody that's in need, I, I strike up a conversation with them. You know, I'm growing these vegetables. I have a little bit more than I want because I don't want to shame them. I want to let them know, you know what, I've got an abundance. I want to share with you. And that's when their stories come out, and that's when they start sharing because they're developing a trust. And that's really hard too, Mary, is developing a trust in the community. So, you know, having those foods out there and you're sharing, you're saying, you know, me, I knocked on doors because I thought, well, you know what, Mr. Mr. So-and-so here, he needed, he looks like he needs something. And I was right. He did need something. And he asked me to pray with him because he's just so lost. Uh, He's trying to work through a disability. And, you know, we've talked at Patient Congress, you know, at these different places and um, we've talked to our Congress and said, you know what, we, we're dealing with people that are work, the working sick. So, you know, we, we've got a big demand here. So anything that people can contribute is, is more than welcome, Mary. Well, you know, individuals and, and concerned citizens and, and their families who understand the needs and how important it is to participate and a desire to help by donating their talent. And any amount of time, it doesn't always have to be a financial gift because some people can't do that. But uh, talent, as you said, educating the people, knocking on doors and leaving them with their dignity, that speaks to the soul, that feeds the soul. Let us keep our dignity, our pride, as we develop a way of gathering together, being generous uh, providing and listening, that listening ear that you uh, gave that gentleman, and then to take it a step further in prayer. That gives hope. You know, we plant seeds also of hope. I think you called yes. your garden. Didn't you call your garden hope? the Hope Garden? I, I forget. what What is the name of your garden? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've changed it a few times, but it is, you know, it is the, the Garden of Hope and Healing is what I call it. And and that's what uh, that's what the uh, soil is doing. It's giving hope and it's giving healing. I love that name, and it's so appropriate, Susan. Um, you know, in this time of, of of COVID and also so many uncertainties, there's one thing that we can all be certain of: 
that we can reach out to a neighbor, a friend, a stranger even, and give of ourselves. And that will turn that person around. I can't tell you how many times I've I've done readings or I've gotten involved in community projects and strangers became friends. Yeah. We have a, a nonprofit here advocating for uh, food insecurity. It's called the it's anti-poverty, and they get involved in so many different uh, legislations that's going on in New Jersey and how can we better come together as a community and make sure that people are fed. And I am so shocked how many people and families in New Jersey, especially children, are not being fed properly. And now that the schools are closed here and there throughout New Jersey, they're open one week, closed another, we're finding that so many children are not getting at least one meal, not lunch. You know, uh, it played a big part in keeping these children alert healthy, active. So are you at all looking to explore that in Maryland within um, the community gardens, uh, in in the school system, you know, looking to reach out maybe through the church, through the schools, other avenues that once were not a situation but now are because of COVID? Exactly. Actually, my church just announced this weekend that they are going to be filling packs uh, and distributing them to, to school children so they at least get at least one healthy meal a day. I was so proud when my church announced that they were looking to do that. We're, so we're raising the funds as we speak to be able to send children home with a backpack for, for something to eat because they are not getting the, their meals uh, right now. There are so many families that are just struggling. And that's the one meal, you know, that children would say, you know, I want to hurry up and get to school because I want to eat. Uh, And they depend on those meals. They uh, had started giving them breakfast because they found out children were not getting breakfast. Your child cannot learn on an empty tummy. They need to have nutrients. They need to be fed. And it's not just, you know, fe- you know, feeding them. It's just, you know, giving them that, that feeling that somebody else cares and loves them. And I think that that's what we're called to do. Uh, we're Jesus' disciples. We're his hands and feet. And it's our job, if we can, to reach out to these people and give them, you know, what they need. And it isn't just food, Mary, as you said. It's, you know, making them feel like somebody loves them, that they're cared about. And, you know, there is hope for them, and this, this isn't going to last forever. This is just, you know, a chapter in their life that they're going to get read and it's going to be done, and they can move on with their lives. And that's what we want to instill upon them, that there is hope, that there, this isn't always going to be, you know, their, their lot in life, as I'll call it. There is hope. I mean, I've gone through so many situations in my life that, you know, it's just a chapter. It's just, you know, just, you know, maybe a paragraph. That's just, you know, that's not good in my life. But, you know, we just need to keep instilling um, that I'm there is hope. I'm glad you touched that because about your own life. And I know you spoke uh, many times about learning a lot of this generosity of heart and soul through your mother. Yeah. It seems your mother had taken people in and, and fed them. Can you talk to us a little bit about what that was like growing up seeing your mom uh, and that type of generosity and how that was instilled in you. Oh, my goodness. My memories, Mary, go back to the age of two. We lived on uh, an old farm in uh, rural Vermont, 
And uh, my first memory at the age of two was my mom had collected all of our toys and our clothes that we were no longer playing with. And we went deep, deep, deep into the woods. There is a woman who had a family, I believe it was 13 children. I believe it was 13 or 17 children. And my memory is her having one of my dolls in her hand, this beautiful little child, beautiful blonde blonde hair with dirty face but she's clinging to that doll and she is all smile she is just radiating because she is so happy somebody gave her something um and and uh, later on we brought in uh, children who were uh, wards of the state they were abused they were uh, down syndrome they were runaways and we brought them in we were foster parents uh, we also had a taxi business, and we knew everybody in town. And in, during the holiday times, my grandmother would do knitting and tatting and crocheting, and we would leave hats, mittens, scarves in in uh, boxes filled with food. We would knock on the door and run, and we would just leave things there. And and I, and I will tell you, Mary, it it does such good to your own heart knowing that you're reaching out to somebody who is in dire need. And and it's been and it's been my whole life since. So I know nothing different. That you know what? It's just I know I need to reach these people. I need to help them. I've been in you know situations in my life that I wasn't sure I was going to be able to put food on my own table. But you know what? You you dig in and you you just you just get through. But you know it's just giving hope that you know somebody does care and 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 they, and they matter. You know I've I've had that. Uh... In my own life, and I've also been working, as you know, with my nonprofit, Living for a Cause, with feeding uh, pets. People have found that pets have helped so many of their owners stay hopeful, not being as depressed. Pets can do wonderful things for a person's heart and soul. They feed the soul in ways that we can't even imagine, these wonderful cats and dogs. But we had learned that so many people were having to give up their pets, Susan, because they couldn't afford to feed them. How sad for this family, because so many pets are family members. Here you're surrendering a dog. The dog's looking around, like, or cat, what did I do? Why am I here? Saying goodbye. Um, so we started collecting money to be able to uh, leave food in pet pantries so when people go for their own food, they can now get uh, some canned food. I just delivered a lot over the last week to various food pantries. So we're very proud of that work that we are doing. I was talking about how people are so grateful. I was reading on Dorothy's site this woman Trish wrote, and I think it sums it up. What a wonderful thing, and you can take this to your own heart too as if this was written to you, Susan, because I think she speaks to all of us who are doing God's work in big and small ways. She writes, what a wonderful thing you and all concerned are doing. It warms my heart to know that there are still people to find the time in their busy lifestyles, to find it in their hearts, to continue to pay it forward. The other aspect of your organization I like is nothing comes from nothing, and those that are on the less fortunate side in need also have the opportunity to pay it forward, donating their time and talent 
It is quite humbling to ask for help, I know. But when you are able to give back in return, it softens the blow. I think that sums up to to be community, to help one another. You have this, I don't have this, but I can help you in other ways. It does soften the blow, and that's what you are doing. That's what you're setting out to do. Let's soften the blow. Let's find it in our hearts to pay it forward, as Trish says, and to take time out of our lifestyle to help those. So any closing comments, Susan? We only have a few minutes left. And if you want, please give out your contact information, uh, email preferred. Oh, okay. Uh, I can be contacted through uh, spmbrown2008 at gmail.com. Uh, that's the best way to, to contact me. But in closing, I think that our uh, our creator is asking us to get back to basics. I really believe that he is asking us to take care of one another as he is taking care of us. And those of us that are great servants to him, we will be rewarded someday. And those who are, you know, looking to, you know, reach out and figure out what, you know, what can I do to help, you know, look at your neighbors, you know, check on people, uh, be be observant as to what's going on in their lives. Do you see frowns on their faces? Is their light gone? You need to check in on one another because we're in desperate times and it's not going to go away anytime soon. But what we can take comfort is that it, it, it's going to get better. It's just we have to dig in, take care of one another, and uh, remember where we come from. We come from the, you know, the, the, the God himself. He created us, and he does not want us to um, be, he doesn't want us to be sad. He wants us to rejoice and, and, and praise him, and he's going to take care of us as long as we do what he's asking us to do, Mary. That's beautiful in closing, Susan, and I encourage you, Susan, of course, to continue to do what you're doing. Maybe create a one- or two-page website for your community gardens so people can be in touch. You can share stories, get donations. That might be a wonderful way for people to access mm-hmm. you, and I think you should call it what you call your your garden um, on the website and take pictures of people you know, coming together, that's a a beautiful way of showing folks um, what you're doing and how you're doing it. I thank you for joining us today, Susan, and sharing your heart and your hope with others. People can contact me at maryanswersnow at gmail.com and stop by my website, globalhealing-soul-utions.com. Thank you, and it's a pleasure for you to come into our hearts and our souls today. Have a beautiful, prosperous, and blessed week. Thank you again, Susan. Thank you, Mary. Everybody be blessed. Take care. Bye-bye.